Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. It's imperative, y'all, that we are staying in community and accountable. Please understand. I'm, I, I really need you guys to understand that, you know, as things are happening, the enemy's desire is to keep you isolated and to keep you alone and to keep you away from the body. And we need each other um, deeply. <laughs> we need each other profoundly. And it is um, God's design for the body. Scripture after scripture continues to speak of our unity, our oneness, and our dependency for one another as our total dependency is upon the Lord. And I'm learning more and more how we are not accountable to one another. I'm learning more and more how divided we really are. I'm learning more and more how the words brother and sister are just words that the body uses very casually and and they are not taken to heart. Um, Please understand if I call you my sister, my brother, my family, I mean that. And that means that all that I am and all that I have is available to you all. And the body of Christ is a family. We are in fellowship, which means we are in communion and community with one another. Um, An iron cannot sharpen iron alone. And it is the way that the enemy is, is picking us apart and plucking us away from one another. Please understand it is not just in our fellowship. It is globally. Um, as the enemy is coming to destroy the body from the inside out. And he is using the body to divide itself. And so be very careful about how you're speaking to one another, how you're supporting one another. Be very careful about the words that you use. Um, Because here's what you need to understand is that your word is bond. And so once you say a thing, be ready for people to hold you accountable to what you say. Be accountable, be ready to be accountable for what people, I mean, you know, to what you've said. And so, um, good morning, Danielle. But community, y'all, is vital. Good morning, Marcia. I'm just going as those are entering. Good morning, Miss Tanya. Good to see you. It is vital. We are in a very critical time um, in this country. Um, the Delta virus, if you don't know, is, is the new virus that is running rampant. More people, once again, are being um, affected by COVID. There are still losses happening. Um, I received a message from a pastor friend last night, uh, this morning and last night whose father uh, went in for a pacemaker and couldn't get the pacemaker, went into ICU, and now they are just waiting him to pass. Uh, because he coded, but they did not know that uh, he had a DNR. And so um, I'm sure he has passed by now this morning um, at 11 p.m. last night. They were waiting and this morning at 6 a.m. They were still awaiting his passing. Um, And so a lot is going on and we need to be vigilant. 
um, in our prayer, vigilant in our relationship with the Lord and, and vigilant in our relationships with one another. He wants you isolated. He wants you thinking that you, you, you've got it all under control. He wants you thinking that this is, this, is, this is the right thing. And many of us, if we are honest, we have been most attacked when we have retreated. We have been most attacked when we have been isolated. The attacks and the assaults have been greater when we have um, kept ourselves away from wise counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is what? Safety. Safety. Um, and, and here's the thing. The reason it's safe is because we're willing to receive it. You can have a multitude of counsel, but if you are not open to receive, then even if you have good counsel, if you don't receive the counsel, you are still not safe. Good morning, Pastor Tifei. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. I'm just making sure I'm, as you all are coming on this morning. Um, and so we're going to start with prayer with our leadership. I'm going to ask um, Pastor Alex to start us off this morning. I'm going to ask Evie Suzette to follow. I'm going to ask Minister Malcolm to follow her. Um, um, yeah. Pastor Tifei, are you available to pray this morning? I know you're off screen. I don't want to, if you're busy, because I know you're Saturdays. Yes, I can pray. Thank you. If you can, if you can pray after uh, Minister Malcolm. Um, and then I'm going to ask this morning. Uh, and after that, I am, I, I'm going to pray. <laughs> so um, pass out whenever you are ready, we can begin. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we are, first of all, grateful to be amongst the land of the living God. For many, Father, have tried with all they had to wake up this morning, Father, but we know that you are the giver of life. And for that, dear God, we don't count it lightly that you found it necessary for us to wake up this morning to embrace your earth, God, with our existence. We're asking you now, Father, that we know the only way to really live and move and have our being is in you. So we're asking, Father, as we come together as a body of believers, God, that we come with expectations, God. We believe that heaven will speak to us on today, God. We need to draw closer with all that's going on, God. We need your guidance. We need you to assist us, Father, through this journey called life. Thank you for being mindful of us. Thank you that in spite of our shortcomings, God, you still grant your favor. We thank you for the wisdom of those you've placed around us that pour into us, God. We ask you, Father, that we will grab hold of your word, God, the truth. And we will walk, Father, in the way that is pleasing to you. I thank you, God, for those who have lifted up one another, God, when we felt we were just too weak to pray or we were just too out, God, to understand what it is that you're doing. Thank you for the wisdom of those who lifted us up in prayer. 
I thank you, Father, for another opportunity to get it right on this day. I ask you, Father, that when it's all said and done, you will be well pleased with us. You can look down and say, well done. Father, we are the sheep of your pasture. Guide us on this morning. I thank you for Pastor Kai and the words that will come through her, God. I know, Father, that we as a body will gain access to greater revelation. Continue, God. Continue to help us, Father. Continue to show us, God, the importance of really, really walking with you. I pray, God, that our emotions won't take the best of us, that your word, God, your word will be the guiding force, the guiding light. You, God, you are in control of all things. Be Lord of our lives. Father God, we come for those, God, with a heavy heart on this morning. I pray that you would just comfort them now so that we, God, can hear what heaven has to share with us. Any distractions right now that's in our minds, God, we bind it up in the name of Jesus. We need the freedom, God, to hear you. We need the freedom, dear God, as you've given up the freedom to choose, we choose you on this day. Thank you for what's going to take place. Thank you for what you're going to do. We count it all joy. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Bless you, God. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Father, this morning, I bow in worship to you. Father, this morning, I lift my hands in adoration that you have come into our homes and that you are present on this call this morning. I am filled with so much joy and renewed hope this morning for what's in store for us. This morning, Father, I thank you for your glorious cage of protection over each of us and every household represented on this call this morning. Father, I thank you that your spirit is here this morning. I thank you for the armies of heaven assigned to each and every one of us and that protected us over this week. I thank you for your victory over our enemies and the attacks of the devil that had been upon so many of us this week. I thank you. I thank you for a double portion of restoration this morning, God. I thank you for your grace and for your mercy this morning. This morning, I give honor and praise to you, God for the miracles that you have performed on this week, for the prayers that you have answered, for the doors that you have opened, for the hearts that you have mended and for the sad and lonely this morning that you have comforted. But more so this morning, God, I thank you for the lives, for all lives that you have kept. Father, this morning, I pray that we continue to seek you I pray that we continue to cast, that we continue to surrender and submit to your authority over our lives this morning, God. Today is a new day, a chance for a new start. Father, may we go your way and not our way. Yesterday is gone. And Father, this morning I pray that we do not stand in regrets for the mistakes and the failures that we have experienced. 
Father, it's a good day to be glad and to give thanks. So this morning, God, I thank you for new opportunity to love, new opportunity to give, to give you all that you deserve. God, this morning, I praise you for your magnificent power. This morning, God, I worship you. I give you glory. This morning, God, I honor you. I pray that this morning we praise you for who you are and not for what you have done. May we have a heart of praise this morning, God, and of rejoicing for this is your day. This morning, God, I sit in a posture of not stopping praising you because you have been enough. You have been good. You are a mighty God. You are alpha. You are the omega. May we stop saying who you are if you are not who we are. you are to us. God, this morning, I praise you that you are a wonderful father. You are my prince of peace this morning, God. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You are our sovereign God. You are the God of all gods. Father, may we start treating you the way we say you are. Father, may we worship you in spirit this morning, God, and in truth. May we bow with your feet in adoration this morning. And may we lay aside every sin and burden that we have been carrying, God. Father, may we praise you with every fiber of our being this morning because you are a great God. Because of your breath in our lungs this morning, God, I praise you because of your breath in my lungs. I praise you. I pray that all heaviness be gone now in the name of Jesus. I pray that every distractions be binded, be gone. I pray that we remain in a posture of gratitude, of adoration. I pray that we remain present to your word. I pray that we continue to allow you to strip and mold us. That we allow you to convict, to convert. Father, because you are mighty. Now, Father, I ask that you be with your servant today as the word goes forth. I ask that we put ourselves in a posture where the soil is good ground, that when it is planted, God, that there will be fruit. So, Father, this morning, I ask that we lay aside everything and focus only on you. Father, our trials and our tribulation and our heaviness and our distress and all the burdens and all the stuff that we have been carrying, God, will always be there. But we know that you are the God of all gods who controls and take care of everything. So, Father, this morning, I ask that we live in a posture of peace that we know that we can cast our burdens, God, and that we continue to stop walking around moping, God, because if we serve a mighty God this morning, God, I pray that we will continue to show that you are the joy of our strength. So, Father, this morning, I ask that we shift our attitude. I ask that we shift our pastor. I ask that we shift our mindset this morning, God, and get in a posture of praise and get in a posture of worship because you have been so good to us. So, Father, this morning, I ask that you shift the atmosphere, God. Shift the atmosphere in our homes. Shift the atmosphere in our hearts, in our minds, and in the posture that we are in this morning, God. Because we can lay a burden at, our, at your feet. 
So Father, this morning, I lift my hands in praise. I lift my hands in adoration to you this morning, God. So Father, I say, have your way in your people. For too long, we have been crying over the ifs and the buts. But this morning, God, may we start praising you for the things that you have done and the things that you are continually doing in our lives. Father, may we stop being so ungrateful. So Father, I praise you and I commit today in your hands, God. I ask that we see things from a different angle today, God. Not from more angles, but from you this morning. The things that you have deposited time and time again in us this morning. So Father, have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, I praise you. Have your way this morning. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. The Holy Spirit, just bask in your presence. Oh, Father, you are awesome. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I rejoice in you, God. I honor you, God. Holy Spirit, you are in this place. I want to acknowledge your presence right now. I thank you for this fellowship, God. I thank you, oh God, for the leadership. I thank you for a people who set aside self and listen to their leadership. And, and, and I thank you, God, Lord, that we are gathered here today, God. Lord, I thank you for your word that is going to go forth, God, but I thank you for the living word of God. Your word that says, consider it pure joy my brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, thank you, God. Let perseverance finish its work in us, oh God, that we may be mature and lacking nothing. And if we do lack wisdom, that we should ask of God who will give it to us generously without finding fault and it will be given to us. I thank you, Father Lord, that you say in your word that blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And so God, this morning, we thank you and we count it all joy, oh God, Lord, that whatever we are in the midst of, God, Lord, you are in full control, God. I thank you for your sovereignty this morning, God. I thank you that because you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that you are I am. And that because you are I am, I am too. We are too, God. And so, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of praise, the spirit of adoration, the spirit of, of lavishing our affection and our attention on you, God. You deserve every piece of us right now, God. Whatever we have, every ounce of it, Lord, we give it to you right now, Lord. We empty ourselves, oh God, Lord, that you might fill our cup, God. God, why do we continue to try and fill our cup? We are nothing without you, God. 
And so, Father, Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that we and those who are on their way have an expectancy, that we have an expected hope, oh God, for what you're doing and what you will be doing through your servant this morning. I thank you for our pastor, who when she could take off, Lord, she's still here serving your people. And so, God, I pray, Lord, for an extra portion of strength for her, God, that your word would come through her like never before, God. I thank you, God, Lord, that I have arms to lift, God. I have breath in my body. I have eyes to see. I have a voice to call out your name. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that I have a mind to know who you are. I honor you, God. I lift up your name, God. You have been my Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are peace. And so I pray today, God, that your children, that we, your kingdom citizens, would have an assurance that we would have an authority, that we would not be plucked off and picked off, oh God, because we are not ignorant. We know who you are. You are the God of miracles because we are one. And so this morning, God, I thank you. I continue in a posture of praise to lift up our almighty God, Abba, Father, I cry out to you, God, we love you. And we thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I lift up my hallelujah to this morning. I lift up my hallelujah, my cry of holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the, the privilege of being able to join my voice with the voice of the angels that 24 7 365 cry out holy are you God I rejoice with my brothers and sisters and I agree with every prayer that has been uttered this morning I thank you Lord that I am standing in a posture of praise and worship of gratitude of freedom and liberty that only comes from knowing you the liberty that comes from knowing that I have been washed I have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that I am blood bought, I am redeemed, hallelujah. But Father, my prayer this morning, my intercession this morning for the ones that are among us this morning, even on this call, that feel still so disjointed, so dis, dis, disjointed and away from you, God, who still, even in this being present, are not present in their souls. Maybe it is, is unconfessed sin. Maybe it is worries and fears that they can't seem to allow you to, to overtake in their lives. And, and they can't continue to be in this place of feeling all alone and isolated, God. I came on late, but I, 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 I caught that, 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 that message of isolation being apart, not only from the body, other members of the body, but from you, God. 
when each and every morning, Lord, you have promised that, that there is a new mercy available to each and every one of us. So for the ones that have not grasped and taken hold of that compassion this morning, I pray, Father God, that the mercy of God falls on them this morning and they understand that they are forgiven, that what happened yesterday is gone, that it is as they ask for forgiveness, as they draw closer to you, Father, that you hold no ought against your children. I cry out this morning for, on behalf of the body of Christ worldwide, those that are feeling disenfranchised from the body, I call them and I say, come home in the name of Jesus. Your father is waiting on the porch. He has prepared a meal for you. He has a ring that he wants to place on your finger. He has a cloak that he wants to put over your shoulders. Yes, you, even you who stands here, making an appearance of being here but being so far away in your souls. The prophet Joel told us, he said, rend your hearts, not your garments. Don't make the public display of being in righteousness, but rend your heart, meaning tear your heart open and allow the, the dark places, the residual evil, the sin, the unforgiveness, the fear, everything that is not of God, tear your heart open this morning and allow God to, to, to apply the salve of his word because the word, the truth that will come forth this morning can set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Rend your heart this morning, tear it Jesus. open, tear it open and expose, allow yourself where you are not being submiss submissive, expose it, not, not for, for, for public consumption, right there where you are by yourself, examine your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to mend it to heal it, to cleanse it with the blood of Jesus Christ that will purify it and make it white as snow. Come home, come Jesus. home. Don't come to church. Don't come to yes. the Zoom yes. call. Come yes. home. Your father Thank is you, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that you hear us. And thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to say, and I say it every week, God always confirms his word. Thank you for the prayers that have gone forth. We're still praying. Thank you, Pastor Tifei. Um, there is a calling homeward today. Um, there is a calling homeward. Uh, I'm going to ask Pastor Ryan to pray now. Um, I'm going to charge us again as as we were charged before, please be on the screen if you can be on the screen. If we were meeting in person, you could not put something over your face or hide your face. No one's looking at how you look or how you don't look. But please understand that, that seeing one another is important. Father, Julie, I just wanna pray for you right now this morning. I lift you up, Julie, and every concern in your heart every concern that you've been carrying, every weight for other people that you've been carrying. And this morning I ask, um, we stand with you. 
Um, and I thank the Lord that this morning you will be able to cast every care upon him um, as you serve in everything that you do. Um, I, I, I hear the Lord saying the weights are hindering you being present, even in the homes that you go in. That's a ministry. There is an anointing I've placed upon you to serve and to minister to those that I send you into. Um, your ministry uh, is that in homes, through food, through your hands, through service. And God says there's been such a weight upon your heart, but even a weight on your shoulders, that you're feeling the pressure on your shoulders and that God is coming to lift that load that he's asking you to give him the burdens he did not ask you to carry and to trust him and to rest in him that he has everything under control. Everyone that concerns you, everything that is concerning you, the father is concerned and sees and knows and he is responding and answering. And so this morning, he's asking you to lay down these burdens, cast them at his feet, for he watchfully cares after you. Pastor Ryan. Thank you, Jesus. So Father, there, Pastor, thank you. Sorry. And as the word has just been spoken, Father, I pray that over everyone, that we lay down the weights and come to you first in truth, in spirit, come to you acknowledging the weights that we've been carrying. And I ask that you would forgive us first and foremost for picking up things that you didn't ask us to. Forgive us, Father, for carrying the things as if we have our own resolve. Forgive us, Father, for walking in our own plan of things, our own vision of things. And so may we, may we in this moment release, surrender, even the littlest things. thank you father for this opportunity and time of gathering that we may be reminded of not just your love but your mercy to allow us to be here in this moment together i thank you lord as we just prepare ourselves to not only hear but allow the words to be spoken to change our very position and posture that we respond in our actions and not just by what we say. And so I thank you for this moment in time that we get to come together, be true within and with one another. And I thank you for the words that will go forward, that they will land exactly where they need for each and every one of us. It will speak to the area that we have been searching or asking for the most. And I honor you for it in Jesus name.
Father, you are great and greatly to be praised this morning. Father, I'm asking right now that you would give us a spirit of praise, God, where there has been a spirit of heaviness, and I felt it as we entered onto this screen. I pray, Lord, now that you would transform, transform that into a garment of praise, Lord. Uh, as you we release praise from the fruit of our lips, Lord, you begin to release strategy to us. You begin to prepare the way for us. Um, I'm thanking you, Lord, that even you are with me um, as God, I know, um, as the prayers have been going forth, Lord, um, I thank you, Jesus, that you have been interceding even on my behalf as this entire morning, I felt a closing of my throat, Lord, but I know that there is a word that you have for us. And I know, Lord, as even um, Pastor T. Faye prayed, this word, Lord, is to set us free, for it is the truth that makes us free. And so I declare there's freedom in the house today. I declare there is liberty in the house this morning. I, I declare that the liberty price that was paid on the cross by Jesus Christ will now manifest throughout our lives from the inside out. I, I literally hear a bell ringing in the spirit. I, I hear the liberty bell ringing in the spirit and it's ringing over your heads this morning. And so I would just dare you to begin to lift your hand and begin to praise and begin to honor and to begin to um, uh, just lavish affection and adoration on the one and only true living God, Yahweh, Yeshua, Hashima, our God, uh, uh, the peace, uh, our shalom, uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the banner over us. Uh, there is a bell. I don't know if anybody can hear it in the spirit, but it is ringing. It is your day of freedom. And here's the thing that you have to understand. Freedom comes, but it is up to you to maintain it. God gives the freedom, but it's us to, up to us to maintain the freedom that he gives. And so often God has given us freedom and we have put ourselves back in shackles. We have reattached ourselves and walked back into prison doors. And, and, and I heard this morning two things that are really, really, really coming to destroy us. Some of you have stepped all the way out of one of these and and slowly the enemy is trying to creep you back. And that is the spirit of fear. I, I, I sensed it this morning that fear is trying to revisit some of your homes. Uh, but this morning, God is ringing the liberty bell uh, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Don't let the enemy fool you to think that you are, were not freed from fear. You were freed from fear. But now the enemy is trying to bring fear around your house, bring fear around your door, bring fear to your thoughts to keep you from moving to this next place that God has already called you to. Uh, can you hear the bell? I mean, it's getting louder. It's getting louder. I don't know about anybody else, but I can hear it. It's, it, it, it's And it's not a doorbell. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You it, 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 Well, let me, oh, I, I hear you, Holy Spirit. For some of you, it is a doorbell because for some of you, you have, you have stopped letting the Holy Spirit in. And uh, Re Revelation 2 and 20 says that the Lord stands at the door and he's knocking. And 
it says those who he lets in, he will sit with them. He will sup with them. He will dine with them. And there are some of you who have stopped opening the door of your heart to the Lord. Stopped opening the door of your heart to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I, I feel you opening my throat. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, so for some of you, it is a doorbell and the, and the Lord himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is asking you this morning, will you let me back in? Will you open the door again? And if you let me come, I'm not coming to visit, I'm coming to live. See, many of us have been okay with God visiting us. Uh, there used to be this big thing. I don't know if you've been in, in, in the things of God a long time, for a long time. We used to be excited for God's visitation. I'm not excited anymore about God's visitation. I am excited. I am expected for God's habitation, okay? I want him to live with me. I want him to dwell with me. I want him to rest with me and abide with me so that he can rule over me, that he can protect everything around me. And so, I, I, yes, there was a season where we were grateful that he visited, but I don't know about anybody else. I want him to habit, to be, I want his habitation. I want him to dwell well with me, to live with me, to sup with me, to, to rest with me. I, I want him right now on the side of me, before me and behind me. It, it's not good enough for just a visitation because when you have a visitor, there is at a certain point, the visitor has to leave because when you are a visitor, you don't live here. Even look, some of you have taken the Holy Spirit and the Lord and the Father from a visitor to a guest. You allowed them to come and you've made a room and you, 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 you You've set up your best, your best blanket, your best comforter. You've put out your best towels, but still a guest has to leave because a guest doesn't live with you. And God is asking today, will you let me live with you? Will you let me abide and dwell and rest? and live with you. And so I thank you, Lord, that many of us have been fooled to believe that you abided with us, that you lived with us. But the truth is we've treated you like a visitor. We've allowed you to be a guest in our home. We've talked about how your presence is there and how your peace is there. But God, the truth of the matter is you haven't been there. It's just been your residue. And here's the thing. I don't want the residue of God. I want the real of God. I want the authenticity of God. I want the presence of God. I don't need a residue. I need his presence, his vital, uh, 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 tangible presence that wants to manifest in your life, in your home, in your families right now. And if we were all honest, we have all, we have all at one time been okay with him being a visitor. We've been all right with him being a weekend guest. For some of us, we were okay if he needed to stay a couple of weeks, but we wanted to do things our way and we wanted to still be in control. And so at some point, if you're in control and you want things your way, then God has to leave the premises because when he comes, he comes as a consuming fire to burn up everything. When he comes, he comes to take over, to inhabit the praises of his people, to linger, to dwell, to, to abide, to hover. And I don't know about you, but in this moment of my life, I don't need a visitation. I don't need him to be a guest. I need him to live with me. Actually, I need to live with him. <laughs> I need to now trade my de the deeds to my house, right? The deed, look, because all of us have deeds to this house. We thought we were the owner and we were the master and we were the Lord. And today we need to sign over the deed to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and give him the owner's right 
rights, that he has the mortgage to this earthly vessel, that he has the payment to this earth, because look, he's already paid the price. There's no mortgage to you because he paid it, because he set you free. I don't know. I still hear the bell. And, and here's the thing. Now I see the bell. And it's not just a little ring. It's swinging back and forth. It's a loud sound. It's a gonging sound. It's a resounding sound. And it is not stopping. And the only way that it stops is if we make it stop. The only way that liberty, that freedom stops is if we we put a stop to it. If we, we open the door for the enemy. If we stop our praise. We stop our worship. We stop coming into to the presence of God. We stop supping, supping with his word, communing with his word and communing with one another. Let me tell you, he wants to take us out. And so I come against the spirit of fear this morning. I know those of you have been freed from the spirit of fear. And I'm coming to tell you today, it is not coming back by thy dwelling, that the Lord is in the house and he is protecting you from that old place, that old familiar spirit of fear, that you are more than a conqueror, that you are an overcomer, that you have already won that battle and that the enemy will have no room. The next thing, I said, there's two things. The next thing is pride, ego go pride. We know that pride, come on, it cometh before a fall, but there's a spirit of ego and a spirit of pride that is running through the body of Christ. I'm telling you globally, the enemy is trying to get us to be shut in and fear him, but he's also trying us to be puffed up and prideful and, and, and egotistical and to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Please understand we are nothing without him. Please understand the very breath that you are breathing right now is because he said so. The very, uh, your ability to see right now is because he wills it so. Your ability to lift your hands and move around right now, now is because he declares that it is still so. But there will come a time where all of us will cease on this side, but we will reign with him in glory. But until that time comes, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. I'm telling you, if there is a little bit of breath left in me, I don't care that my throat feels like it is closing. I will give the Lord what is do his holy name. He shall be praised. He shall be worshiped. He shall be glorified. He shall be made known in this earth. And if I'm the only person that wants to lift up his name, I will lift up his name by myself. But this morning, God, you deserve the glory and you deserve the praise because we know where once we came from God and we know now where we are. And if it not had been for the Lord on your side, the truth is we really know where we would be. We'd be lying in a ditch. We'd be dead in our sins. We'd be broken in our trespasses. But I thank you today, God, that you've forgiven us and that you have freed us, Lord. And so today I ask, Lord, that you would help us to forgive one another. Because I tell you, Lord, there's a spirit of unforgiveness that is that is stopping many of you. There are some of you that are still harboring bitterness in your heart because of what somebody did. But who the son sets free is free indeed because he's already broken those relationships and he's already set you further apart don't hold them hostage they didn't know any different some of them didn't know any better and some of them were just pure evil but the lord kept you he sustained you he provided for you he protected you and even now he is healing you so forgive them and release yourself because many of them have skipped you down the lane and you are stuck 
And many of you need to forgive people. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You, you're mad at people because they wouldn't agree with your way. Well, you shouldn't forgive them because the only way they should agree with is God's way. The only way you should agree with is God's way. And if you see your brother or your sister going in their own way, woe to you who does not give them a word of correction and encouragement and, 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 and direction because we are, are, am I not my brother's keeper? The body of Christ is lacking in being our brother and our sister's keeper. Because we are so prideful. And the truth of the matter is, I don't want you in my business so I don't get in yours. The truth of the matter is, I don't want you tiptoeing in my house to see the skeletons in my closet so I keep the door closed from you. The truth of the matter is, you ain't private. You're just defensive. The truth of the matter is, if look, I heard this saying and it's the truth. A secret is only a secret if you don't tell nobody. There's no secret to what God can do. I'm going to tell everybody. There's no secret even to our sin. The only way you get free is through confession. And many of us, let me tell you the one thing that the Catholics do have right it's called confession and many of us in mainstream christianity we forget that aspect it says to confess your sins and then it says this confess your sins to one another and many of us are secret sinners many of us are trying to hide and pretend and we're showing up to the assembly and we're in darkness and we're rebellion and we're in witchcraft and we're in double-mindedness and then we don't want to hear when god brings wisdom and god brings correction it becomes over overwhelming because we have been doing it our own way for so long. Woe to you who wants to stay isolated. Let me be clear. I'm accountable to every single one of you on this screen. And if you want to call me and call my card, please do, because I, I refuse to be one of those pastors who is an island to herself or himself, or one of those pastors who is accountable to himself or herself, or one of them pastors that does not have anybody in their life that can grab and, and grab them and check them. Because let me tell you, if the Holy Spirit doesn't check you, if you're so void of the Holy Spirit, God is going to send your brothers and your sisters, because let me tell you something, there is always a way of escape. And sometimes the escape is through one another. Sometimes you're the way of escape for somebody else. But if you are so prideful and so egotistical and so uh, puffed up in your own way of being and your own way of doing and your own way of seeing, you will be blinded and not know that you are not walking by faith, but walking by your own way and your own accord. Let me tell you, the, 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 the just shall live by faith. The question is, are we the just? Are we the just? Come on. We walk by faith and not by sight. But many of us, oh, Holy Spirit, my God. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit just showed me this. Many of you are afraid to really live this, this faith walk. It says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Not what we see, right? But in faith, the firm persuasion, a conviction, a convincing about who God is. Not what God does, but who God is. Oh, Holy Spirit. The Lord just says, some of you, some of you, <laughs> you think that you're not seen, but you're using Braille to find your way. 
that a blind person, in order for them to read, there's there there's a way where us our language is English. For them, it's Braille. Some of you, 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 you've gotten rid of the English, but now you're literally using another way to, to course your own way. See, that's the way a blind person sees is they either have a stick or they see through braille. They see the words, they understand what's happening. And God says, will you release your walking stick so that I can walk you forward? Will you release your, your need to still know the way some way? See, we, uh, I can't see it this way, but I'm gonna find a way. And many of us are still trying to find ways to figure this thing out. You can't figure God out. You don't have the brain capacity. You don't have the wisdom or the knowledge. Let me tell you something, I don't wanna figure them out. Pastor Alice and I were talking about things last night and, I, I, and I, both of us were just like, we're never gonna know. And even in our infinite mind, even in the thing that we could think, well, maybe he would do, I can't. I can't, I can't put a, a finger on God. I, I, I can't put a market on how he moves. He is a strategic strategist. Come on, he, he is a mind-blowing uh, 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 genius. I mean, he's beyond. There's no genius test for God. There's no way to equate his vastness, his bigness, his, the way that his, his, his mind works. It isn't like human thinking. That's why his ways are not on our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts but oh what I know is they could be if that would be our desire see God wants us to know his ways. he wants us to know his thoughts so that we then can align ourselves and walk in a way according to his will I know I sound a little excited but I'm telling you the liberty bell is ringing today and so this morning I want us to go this morning. I'm going to do what would be called an expository teaching or a, a textual teaching, which is we take a passage of scripture and then we exegete or study it out so that we get an understanding. Because as we've been talking about spiritual warfare, many of you have made reference to a, a certain scripture. Uh, Pastor Alex and uh, uh, Evangelist Suzette, those who have been teaching, there's been a reference to a, a particular passage that I, I'm, I, 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 I heard last night, but I know that the Holy Spirit, that the Father himself needs us to understand because I think that for so long, we've said it very cavalier. It, it, it's a proverb. And I think a lot of times, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but when, when people come into the things of Christ, uh, many people will say, read a proverb and, and read a Psalm. But I don't really know if people understand the weightiness and the magnitude of the Psalms and the Proverbs. Proverbs being a book of wisdom. It, it is a book of wisdom. You want to find how to be wise in the things of God. Proverbs is, is this book. It's the book of wisdom. It is a prophetical, poetic book. And so I want us to turn to Proverbs 16 this morning. And we are going to really study out just one passage. It may be familiar to some of you, and it may not be familiar to others. You may have heard it, like I said, in passing. It may be something you say, but really don't understand its, its weightiness, excuse me. Um, but before I get there, before we go to the verse, I, I want to pray. Father God, I'm praying for every ear to be opened. Every ear 
that, Lord, you would give us ears to see today. That we would not just be hearers of the word only, as James says, but that we would be doers. Wow. Many of us are hearing, but we are not doing. And so it means nothing to hear and not do. Because faith without works is dead. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying that there is a lot of dead faith running rampant in the global church. Dead faith. Because there is a doing. Now, here's what I'm not saying. Many of you are trying to produce and be busy. That is not doing. Okay. Faith with it. We have to do the word to apply it to allow it to, to be applied, to be lived out, to be breathed in, to become a part of our actual living. <laughs> and here at KHOW, we have three things, to live the word, to follow the word, and to do the word. You have to live this word, y'all. Cannot be words that fall from your lips. You have to follow the word. The word being Jesus, because he is the living word, but also the word left to us in its biblical iteration from Genesis to Revelation, the 66 books for your life. And then to do the word. And here's the thing about doing. Doing takes consistency. <laughs> and so this, this morning, I need you, Holy Spirit, to open our ears to see and our eyes to hear. As we look upon this passage of scripture, allow us to, to hear it through our eyes and to see it through our ears. Because today, God, you're coming that we may have life and life more abundantly through the scripture. I'm coming this morning, God, to destroy dead faith. I'm coming this morning to put the enemy on notice. I'm coming this morning, God, to bring back flesh to the stony heart. Some of you have been hardened in these last couple of weeks. My God, there's been a hardness that has been coming. And you're thinking that you need to, it's a toughness that the Lord, don't be fooled. The enemy is trying to harden your heart against his children and against him and against the father. Because if he can get you hardened against one another, then when he sends the word to you through someone else, you won't receive it. Please understand. Please understand. And so we're going to Proverbs 16, verse 25, verse 25 this morning. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation first. And it says this, before every person, there is a path that seems like the right one to take, but it leads straight to hell. That's what the Passion Translation says. I'm gonna read it again. Before every person, there's a path that seems like the right one to take, but it leads straight to hell. I know we don't like to talk about it, but there is a hell and I need you to understand that. The Amplified Version says, Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but its end is the way of death. 
There is a way that seems right to a man. And I love how the Amplified says this. It's not only that it's right, it appears straight <laughs> before him, but its end is the way of death. This morning, I want to talk to you from this subject, the right way. And even last night and even this morning as we got on the thread, I, I keep hearing this resounding phrase that some of you have been echoing to the Lord. I just want to be right. I, I, Lord, I just I just want to be right. God, I, I just want to be right. I don't I don't want to do the wrong thing. I just want to be right. Is anybody ha, 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 have said that out loud or or thought that recently that the your heart's desire is to be right? Maybe you said it like this. God, I just want to please you. <laughs> I just want to I just want the Lord to be pleased with me. And and and, and the problem is that our our definition of pleasing leans into being right. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to miss a step. We don't want to be led astray. Uh, but it says this, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And many of us are asking God or telling God we want to please them, but we're living with dead faith. Many of us are asking the Lord, uh, how can we please him? But we have a limited view of faith or we are not fully walking in or applying faith to it in its totality, that we have limited our faith because we are still in control. We have limited faith because we still desire to do things according to what we think is right. And many of us get tripped up when we are trying to live in the measure of right and wrong. Because here is the thing that we have that the world does not have as an, is an internal moral compass called the Holy Spirit. And many of us, because we are not allowing the Holy Spirit full reign and access into our lives, we are not getting the same checks and convictions that we would get if the Holy Spirit lived with us and didn't just visit. See, many of us only call on the Holy Spirit when we need him to be our advocate or our comforter. But you need to understand that the Holy Spirit is vital to your very existence. The Holy Spirit is your moral compass. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God, bears witness to Jesus and keeps us in communion and community and connection with Father, Son and himself, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. He is the person of God, the spirit of God. He lives on the inside of us. And so the right way, come on, in everything that we're doing, we're trying to measure, is this the right way? Is, is this the right choice? Is, am I doing the right thing? And we've got to be careful when using this word, because we're trying to be right in the terms of the world where we're correct, instead of being men and women who are living and standing in righteousness which means to be in right standing with God. So the question we should not be asking is, how can I be right? Or am I right? Or am I doing this right? Is, Father, am I in your will? Father, is this according to your plan? Father, 
am I exercising faith that will please you or am I still going down the way that I do things, things that are comfortable for me, things that seem in the way that makes sense to me? Come on. Many of us just want God to make sense. <laughs> if we were honest, we just wanted to feel more practical. We just wanted to, to, to be a little bit more easy. Come on, could you just settle it in a way that makes sense to me? Come on, even in your crazy abstract thinking, you still want God to make sense to you. And many of us are like, well, that don't make sense. Well, God is not in the business of making sense. He's in the business of doing the extraordinary and performing miracles and surpassing what makes sense. See, it says this, that his love surpasses knowledge and peace surpasses understanding. That doesn't make sense, but it is true because you need love to surpass your knowledge. Because see, when your thinking starts to get into play, then you start to make your love conditional. When, uh, when your understanding gets into play, it disrupts your peace. And so what God does is he does things that surpasses our human intellect and our idea or way of how things should be so that we get a real result and that we can say, only God did that. Come on, you've had surpassing peace in a, a place that didn't make any sense. When all hell was breaking loose and you were the only one standing still and people were wondering what was the matter with you, you could easily say, oh, sweetie, this is the peace of God. I know that you just want to go and get a massage and you think that this relaxing for a moment is going to help you, but you need a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that will guard your heart and your mind. See, right now, my heart and my mind are being guarded because it doesn't, I know it doesn't make sense, but it's real. You know that there have been some things in your life where you're like, look, this love I have here surpasses knowledge because there have been some people that God has brought you back to loving that in your natural mind, you thought would be your enemy to the day you die. In your natural mind, you never thought you would forgive them for what they did. In your natural mind, you never saw yourself having a meal with them again. You definitely didn't see yourself in a ministry with them. Come on, there are some things that don't make sense, but in God. It is well. And so stop trying to figure out if it's right or not. And let's start asking the right questions. Lord, is this your will? Lord, is this your way? Lord, is this an agreement with your command and your precepts? Does this follow your word? Or Lord, am I following myself in my own way, the right way? Come on, let's go to Proverbs 16, 25 and let's walk through this scripture to really get understanding. The first part says this, there is a way. There is a way. Here's what we have to understand. In this life, there's two ways. There's the way of God and there's the way of man. Man's way leads to destruction. Man's way is, is orchestrated and, and, and led by the enemy. God's way leads to eternal life. God's way leads to, 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 to joy unspeakable. God's way leads to his plan and, and his designed journey for you. God's way is the only way. It's not about, is it the right way? It is the only way. If I'm a child of God, God's way is the only way. And see, here's the problem. We keep pretending and living on this teeter-totter that we get to play with my way and God's way. 
there's going to come a day you bet you're going to have to choose. You're going to have to choose, guys. Choose ye this day who you're going to serve. See, if I'm saying I'm serving God's, God's way, then today I give up the rights to my way. And many of us have not given up the rights to our way because the enemy has fooled us to believe that our way agrees with God's way. And the thing is, if your way is not steeped in his word and his will, it ain't his way. And the enemy, come on, we've talked about this agreement. He's had us to agree with lies that God has never spoken. Let me tell you this right now. God is not in shame. But do you understand that the body of Christ, many of the body of Christ live in shame and have accepted it as their lot because the enemy has caused us to agree that shame is a part of our story? It's not. Shame is of the devil. Fear is of the devil. That's why the Bible says that we must resist the enemy, that fear, perfect love, casts out all fear. And where is the most perfect love in God who is what? Love. So there is a way, and I need you to understand, there's always going to be two ways. There's always going to be two choices. There's always going to be two roads, two journeys. And, and, and God knows. He knows what we're going to choose. And I, I realized this a long time ago that when we're like, we know, you know, God knows what we're going to do ahead of time. And, and, and I was in a car with Dia because I was like, it's so true. But I realized this, that he knows this. If you choose this way, this will happen. And if you choose this way, this will happen. But it's up to us that when we get to every crossroad, God is going to ask you again, do you still choose me? At every decision point, God's going to ask you, are you still choosing me? When God brings people in your life that aren't agreeing with what you're trying to do and are trying to help you see, God, I'm, am I willing to hear even when it doesn't go with the way I want to go? Am I willing to submit even when, God, I, I still, I just want to do it like this. Come on. Ain't no, has anybody ever just wanted to do it like this? I just want to do it like this. Why can't you just let me do it like this? Why, come on, how about this? Why can't I just have that? Why did they get to have that? Come on, y'all know we've done those things. We've done it all. Why can't I go this way? Why is it so easy for them? Why is it? Uh, and we have allowed comparisons to hijack us and cause us to lead God's way to go our own way and end up in destruction. So there is a way. There is means this. There is, there, it exists and it will come to pass. That's what those two words there is. There is. So guys, a way exists. Please understand. In everything, there are ways that exist, that will come to pass, that, that, that are established. And the way is what? It's a road. It, it's a journey. It's a manner. It's a course of life. It's also moral character, but oh my gosh, can I tell you that what this way also means? A habit. Can we talk about habits for just a moment? I know that psychologists will say it takes 21 days to form a habit. And there are some good ones, but there are many bad ones that many of us continue to live out there are many habits that we have excused 
the bad behavior of those habits because they've become so familiar and a part of our sex. So listen to this. There exists a habit. <laughs> I know you've never seen it like that before. There exists a habit that seems right. Those three words go together. That seems right. It means this, that, that seems straight, that seems correct, that seems safe. It also means this, convenient. Uh, you know, your habits become convenient. You know, the way I do this is convenient for me. You know, we say it like this, it works for me. It's just how I am. It's just what I do. It's just my way. So let's back that up. There exists a habit that's convenient <laughs> to a man. To, it means this, on the surface or in the presence of man, male or female. Can we just sit with that for a minute? There exists a habit that's convenient at the surface for, for, for men and women. Just, just take a moment and think about some of your habits that, that you have been very comfortable with. Uh, your way of doing things. Come on, some of you are, are so methodical. Some of you are, are so meticulous. Some of you that, that are, are, are so, you know, in your mind, such planners. Do you know that planning can be a habit? And that you can plan yourself out of the plan of God? <laughs> but that we have habits that we have ways of being and ways of doing. We have an order, okay, come on, because habits are also orders or come on, some of your habits are disciplines you created that God never created for you. We have some habits. We have some ways that we chase things and pursue things and look for things. And it seems right because here's the thing, it, it, it's not wrong. Well, anything outside of God's way for you is wrong. <laughs> Here's the difference. It may not be evil, but it don't make it right. See, when we say wrong, we really mean evil or sinful. That's what we're really saying. It's not wrong. I'm not committing a crime. I'm not, I'm not hurting anybody, just yourself. Why not stop hurting you before you have a chance to hurt? anybody else? What about the habits that are holding you back? What about the habits that keep you in bondage? What about the habits that keep you in perpetual sin and fear and doubt and frustration and anger and confusion? Come on. Some of you have made a habit out of being mad. Some of you have made a habit out of being angry. You made a habit. Come on. You've been, you made a habit out of, out of your, your pride is a habit. Your ego is a habit. And we got to be careful because there exists a habit that seems convenient at the surface to me. Oh, but here's the next part. It says this, but it ends. And here's the thing. This end here, it's not immediate. It means this, the after part in the future the outcome, and, and here's who it attaches to, the survivors and the descendants. 
generation who will be affected by your right way. Do y'all know that some of us have been affected by our parents' right ways? We've been, we've been affected by you know, the, 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 the lineage that we come from because of the right way of doing. Do you know many of us are still holding on to family traditions more than we are to the ways of God? Holding on to things that the family does, the way the family talks, the way the family is. And we have not allowed God to transform who we are because really we still have an allegiance that is greater to our family than it is to the name. It's a habit. And we don't see those things as habits, but it's a habit. And so it says that it will attach itself to the survivors. Here's the thing. You're not going to be the survivor. But here's what happens when we start to go our own way. What we don't realize is that it affects everybody attached to us. Do you know that there's collateral damage to us going our own way? And some of that damage we may not see in our lifetime, but it will extend to our descendants and the survivors and those that were close to us and attached to us. What Pastor Alex and I do, what leaders here do in the way that we follow God or don't follow God is going to affect y'all. Leaders, hear me. Our desire to be right and do things our own way, it's going to affect the survivors and the descendants of this fellowship. Woe to us. Says this, but its end is the way. And it's the same way as before. So remember that way before was road, journey, manner, habit. It's the same thing again. So let's back up to this point. There exists a habit that is convenient at the surface for man or woman. And its future outcome its road, its habit is the way of, is the habit of death. Dying, to die, a state of death. And here's what it also means. Surely will die. It also means this, that the person is causing their own death. This is not someone doing something to you. This is you bringing about your own death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way of death. And here's the thing, is that the enemy at this time in our society, in our nation, in this country and countries beyond, his desire is to get man, men, male and female, to go their way. Can I tell you how he does this? Because if we're talking about death, then we must go to John 10, 10, part A, which says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
the thief here, the, that word thief here means this, one who steals stealthily. Someone who is a thief and it does it stealthily, it says this, they do it in secret. This is how crafty the enemy is. He will steal from you and you won't even know it. And when you are about your business, you see, I didn't say the father's business. When you're about doing things your way, when you have settled into some habits and some routines and some ways that you created, you set up and that you still lead and you still orchestrate, you're not even alert enough. You're not even aware enough to even see that the enemy is coming in and secretly stealing from you. Little by little, bit by bit. Because you're on a course that he has access to. <laughs> See, it's, it's, it's not God's way, it's our way. And so if we're going our way, we've opened the door and given him access because we're on a road that's beside the narrow and straight. We're not on the road of God, we're on our road. And on that road, he's given access. And he's secretly coming in. Ah, uh, you know where it starts? All of a sudden, why are we having arguments we don't have? Why all of a sudden am I starting to look at people I love a little bit differently? Why all of a sudden am I running my mouth the way I would never run my mouth? Why all of a sudden am I critical and judgmental? And why all? Because he's starting to steal things from you. You know, the first thing he wants to steal? Your joy. Ah, uh, because if I can get you isolated, if I can get you depressed, if I if I can get you sad, if I can get you deterred, then I can start to steal that joy. And then if I steal a little bit of joy, I can start to steal a little bit of love. And if I steal a little bit of love, I can definitely steal a little bit of grace. And if I steal a little bit of grace, I'm definitely gonna start stealing some mercy. And if I steal mercy from you, if I steal kindness from you, if I steal long suffering and patience and self-control, <laughs> little by little. I steal. And the reason I do it secretly is because I don't even, you won't even know when I'm coming to kill you. You'll be set up to be killed and don't even know you set up. You'll be an easy target for me to hit and don't even know you're the easy target. Because this way seems so right. It can't be wrong. Forget the minor hiccups. Forget the delays. It's still the right way. Forget all the signs. Come on. Some of us, the Lord has literally been like, like a crossing guard. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has literally been like, danger, danger. And we've been like, I, but we can't see it. Come on. We've all been there. Let's be honest. We couldn't see it because I'm on my way. It, it's, I know this is right. It seems right. I'm going to keep going. Until it feels wrong. Here's the thing. He's already stealing your feelings. He stole your capacity to sense and discern God. He's, he's already desensitized your ability to hear him clearly. He's already watered down your faith and your capacity. Easy target. So now, not only does the thief come only, and it says this, he comes stealthily and he enters only. There's a primary focus. Hear me. He's focused. He knows exactly why he's coming. 
and he's entering to do three things, to steal. And it's the same as thief, to steal secretly, to kill. And here's the thing, he's going to make you, can I, can I tell y'all this blew my mind? The kill he's going to do is to make you a sacrifice. The very thing, y'all, that Jesus was for us. Have y'all ever seen false martyrs? Have y'all ever seen some 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 false humility of, of people who are like always oh, they want to sacrifice, they want to be the, you know, they want to stand and the and God ain't asked them to do it. But there's this the, the, this deception that the enemy does it. You have to be the sacrifice for everybody. That you've got to be the one to to suffer more and 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 it's and it's got to be. Come on, do y'all know what I'm talking about? That we you you've had this false idea of it's. I literally I'm gonna tell y'all something. We had somebody one time who had seen Pastor and Alex and I and the way we live by faith, that they literally got rid of things that God had blessed them with to say, I need to, I need to learn how to live by faith. And we're like, what are you doing? Living by faith doesn't mean get rid of what you had. But the enemy had deceived them to believe they had to sacrifice everything in order for God to be really real in their lives. They had to just, it, no, he needs you to give up you. And unless he directs you to give up a thing, God is not asking us to not have nothing to then be his children. But the enemy will make you think you have to sacrifice things God never asked you to sacrifice. He will get you. And this is the way he begins to spiritually kill us slowly, pick us off. He'll ask you to offer things that God didn't ask you to offer. He'll ask you to stand in places God never asked you to stand. And all of this will look like you're doing great works and, and come on. And it's all the way to bring up pride and ego. I'm willing, I'm ready, I'll go. But then when you really look at it, what you do is limited. How you do it is still convenient. How you go about it still works in the scheme of, of, of your comfort. See, when God works, he doesn't work in your comfortability. When God works, God's stretching you. When the enemy asks you to sacrifice, it's stuff you already willing to give up. You were already thinking about doing it already. You just wanted to know, was it right? <laughs> you just wanted to know, should, should you or should you not? And you started to have arguments of the soul and start to have conversations with yourself. Many of us are picked off and are stolen from because we are having arguments with ourselves and we're really having arguments with the enemy. And he's just getting us to agree again. Come on, just agree again. You know that's not, you know that's what they meant when they said that. No, they, they didn't. You know they, how they really feel about you. You're right. Is that how they feel about me? You know they, they, they don't want good for you. Yeah, they don't want good for me. And everything that the enemy is trying to get you to do is to continue to give him access to not only steal from you, but to steal everything attached to you. And the thing he's doing right now is trying to steal your community. He's trying to steal your community with others and your communion with God. And when we do that, spiritual death is inevitable. And then it says this, to kill, steal, and what? Destroy. Same as death. It's certain death. It's to fully destroy. It's to cut us off entirely. He's not coming just to wound you or to harm you. He's trying to get you completely away from God, but make you think you're still with him. 
And if you remember, Pastor T started in prayer this morning by saying, some of us are isolated, not just from one another, but from him. That we are now cut off here and we don't even know it. We're praying, but we're not praying effectively. We're not seeking, asking the Father what his will is. We're not, we're, we're literally just trying to rehearse what we're doing. We're just trying to be so right. And, and we're just trying to just get it all worked out and trying to make it all happen and make, come on. That we're not stopping long enough to say, Father, have I missed it? Father, the way I thought isn't working. Was I wrong? Father, the way that I've done things in the past, am I still supposed to do it? How about this, God? Everything I did before I was with you, I should surrender now that I have you. <laughs> the habits, the, the, the routines, the, the, the plans. I need to lay everything down to know what you really have for me. Because there is a way that seems right. And guys, this is where we're getting tripped up. The way you've always done things is not always going to work out for you. Please understand that. The way you've always done it is not always going to work. Can I tell you the way you used to pray ain't going to work for this new, this, this new place you're in? The way you fasted before ain't going to work for this new place you're in. The, the, the way you worship ain't going to work for this new level. Every, none of what was is going to work now. So why do you think that the stuff you've done without God, the stuff that you, because here's the thing, our achievements, thank you, Holy Spirit, our achievements and the accolades of men make us think that we should still be doing those things. But but I got I'm getting paid this much, but but everyone is so excited about this for me. Everybody, you know, they told me that this was good for me. Good for you doesn't mean God for you. Good for you does not mean God for you. God wants to do something new. Why can't you let God do it differently? Here's the thing. God's children shouldn't chase after anything but him. We don't chase after jobs. We don't chase after money. We don't chase after relationships. We don't chase after position. We don't chase after fame. We don't chase after glory. We only chase after a living God who is all those things, the source of all those things, holds all those things, creates all those things, and wills all those things to be if it is his will for you. So why can't he bring you to a new place and bring everything you've ever had there? Why are we still going outside to outside of where he's brought us to? Why are we still looking and chasing after things when he said, I planted you here to be the thing. I planted you here to be the source. I planted you here to bring the glory. But the enemy, he's got us stuck in our habits our way. He's got us stuck in our habits, our routines. He's got us stuck in our traditions and our disciplines that God never deemed his way or his will. So stop asking, is it the right way? And make sure you are following God's way. Any questions, comments, or concerns?
Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.